Welcome on DraftedFreeAgent.com, episode nine of the Mid-Major Podcast. I'm Chris McKee, your host. Thanks for joining me. As always, we're going to run through some of the key matchups and storylines over the past week in college basketball from the Mid-Major programs. We're going to talk Gonzaga, the only Mid-Major program remaining ranked in the AP Top 25. Of course, the Zags still the number one team in the country after a dominant performance over the Iowa Hawkeyes and, of course, Northwestern State last night. So we'll chat a little Zags as we do every week. And of course, my weekly Jalen Suggs segment. We're going to talk some gambling this week. You know, one of the things I've figured out people want to listen to on podcasts, they want betting information. Okay, I'm not going to shy away from it. So definitely going to give you my three picks this week. And I'm going to make it a weekly segment as we move ahead. We're going to talk a little St. Peter's Peacocks basketball. I interviewed their head coach, Shaheen Holloway, who, of course, is a Seton Hall legend. Chat with him prior to the start of the season. He's got them off to a pretty good start. So we'll chat a little St. Peter's and Metro Atlantic Conference. I want to talk transfers as well. Transfers versus high school and college players. I mean, you're seeing what's happening with Kentucky right now and some of their transfers not gelling. And other teams where the Zags, excuse me, like Gonzaga, where the transfers like Nemhart are gelling immediately. So I, I that's one of the questions I always chat with head coaches when I do speak to them is, you know, their thoughts on getting old, being young, you know, whatever. And the consensus I've gathered from a lot of head coaches this summer is get old. That's the key. So some of the games I, I checked out this week, uh, of course, Gonzaga beating number one, Iowa, talked about it off the top. Iowa ranked number three coming into the game, and the Zags kind of, wouldn't say ran them out the gym, but they were by far the better team. Jalen Suggs with 27 points on 7 of 10 from three-point range. He was absolutely lethal, best player on the floor. I wrote an article on undraftedfreeagent.com heading into the matchup on the Friday night about how... This was a battle for player of the year, you know, an opportunity for Luca Garza on Iowa to make his claim to be the national player of the year. And then any number of guys on Gonzaga, of course, Jalen Suggs and Drew Timmy and Corey Kispert and all three of those guys from Gonzaga are going to be in the mix for player of the year. But Suggs, after that game, the clear front runner, he was the best player on the floor, absolutely dominant. Uh, I, I just can't say enough about how good he was in that game. And then, of course, last night they go and beat Northwestern, who's, you know, in the the lower ranked, uh, somewhere in the 300s, I would say, of Division One programs. They whacked them. And I don't know why they have a back-to-back -back with them, but they play them again tonight. And so expect Gonzaga to be, what, 6? They're 5-0 now, so they're going to be 6-0 and um, after that win against Northwestern State. Big matchup for Gonzaga coming up on the weekend. They play number 16, Virginia, on Saturday. So that's going to be a big deal. And you know, going back to that game, Suggs, one, one thing I forgot to mention, Ayayi on Gonzaga, 18 rebounds. I mean, he he's the glue guy. You got the superstar Suggs. You got Kispert, who is an elite Elite college player. I think he's going to play in the NBA. He's going to get a shot anyway. Drew Timmy as well. And then you got Nemhart, another future NBA guy. And then, but Ayai is, he's the kind of glue that holds it together, that it guy. You know, you got to have your superstars, but you need those other it guys. And Ayai, 18 rebounds for Gonzaga. He was, he was excellent, man. He was fantastic. So some of the other games I checked out over the past week, 
San Diego State with a shocking loss to BYU. So BYU upset them on Friday night, 76-62. BYU now 8-2. BYU in basketball plays in the same conference as Gonzaga, the West Coast Conference. And you'll also see uh, Santa Clara in the, in the mix for that. St. Mary's, uh, Pacific. These are all teams I've spoken about throughout the past couple weeks in the pod. And they're all, you know, BYU and independent in football, but in college basketball still plays in the West Coast Conference. And so they're going to they're gonna give the Zags a go. You know, after them beating San Diego State pretty comfortably, I saw some of the highlights of that. Alex Barcelo, 17.4 points per game for BYU, along with 4.8 assists per game. He's also got 4.8 rebounds per game. So Barcelo, the senior guard, getting it done for BYU. And that's a team to watch out for. Uh, you know, they got a pretty soft schedule over the next week or two. And then sometime probably mid to late January where they finally get tested. But BYU, you know, I would say expect them, the rate two now, expect them to go to be about 12, 13, and 2 before they get contested. So look for BYU to, to enter the rankings over the next couple of weeks. Another game I watched over the weekend, Southern Illinois now 6-0 after a win over North Dakota, 62-50 on Friday. They're looking good in the Missouri Valley, so they're going to give Drake a run for their money in the MVC. My guy, Kyler Filowich, is a young man that I called his... His last year of high school, a kid out of Winnipeg, talked about him a couple weeks ago on the pod, former high school football star who turned his attention to basketball, 6'9", 6'8", 6'9", big dude, looks like a defensive lineman, but he had nine points, eight rebounds, making an immediate impact for Southern Illinois. Great to see. On Saturday, I watched the entire Western Kentucky versus Alabama game. Western Kentucky pulls it out 73-71 behind 27 points and 12 rebounds for Charles Bassey. I've said it a hundred times on the pot. He's an NBA draft pick. Uh, you know, a guy from Western Kentucky being a lottery pick, it, it would be surprising. I think he's going to be one of those guys you're going to see to go somewhere in the mid to late first round. I mean, he's a legit 6'11 NBA body, NBA numbers, NBA everything. The only concern with him is coming off a pretty serious injury. Broke his leg last year, and however, he appears to be uh, just fine and dandy. I don't see any issues with him. He looked really good. Jordan Rawls with 20 points off the bench for Western Kentucky. They are one of the three or four best mid-major programs in NCAA basketball. No, to me, no doubt, I think they're going to be a tournament team. And uh, they're going to beat a lot of other good teams. That, that Alabama team is a pretty good team. And Western Kentucky looked pretty comfortable for the most part. Also on Saturday, Winthrop beat Furman 87-71. They're not 5-0, but I, I, it's one of the least impressive 5-0 teams I've seen so far this year. Nothing jumps out at me. I keep watching them going, man, you know, they'll be good over the past little while. I guess I should pay attention to them. And I keep putting the games on and, and nothing about them blows me away as of yet. St. Peter's beat Monmouth on the weekend, 78-76, behind 17 points from Matthew Lee. And we're going to talk a little St. Peter's basketball in, in a few minutes. Shaheen Holloway, their head coach, Seton Hall legend, mentioned you know McDonald's All-American. I think he was the MVP of the McDonald's All-American game when, when he was in it. But we'll talk a little St. Peter's later on in the pod. He's got them off to a 5-3 and three start. They look pretty good in the Metro Atlantic. Uh, also on the weekend, Maris, speaking of Metro Atlantic, Maris now 5-1 after beating Manhattan on Sunday, 72-67. So they're going to be a contender in the MAAC along with Iona and Rick Pitino, Siena, last year's champ. They keep being put on pause in this, and I feel for them because that's a damn good basketball team. They got a couple 
legitimate pros. I don't want to say NBA guys, Manny Camper, and you know he's going to get a shot to play in Europe, maybe maybe eventually down the down the the line, work his way into the NBA. But a couple really good players on Siena. Drake mentioned beats Chicago State one eleven sixty seven on Sunday. Drake's still undefeated. That's a damn good team. Chicago State now 0-9. I opened last week's pod talking about them. Like, how the hell can you not find eight decent kids from Chicago? And here their story continues to spiral uh, worse now 0-9. UMBC 6-1 after beating Albany on the weekend. Uh, on Monday, Bryant beat UMass, and that was a bye game for UMass. And Bryant now 7-2, looking pretty good. So that's one of the unheralded mid-majors to watch out for as we get ahead. One, team, one mid-major that looks pretty damn good. Southern Utah, they're 7-1 now. They beat Bethesda, which is a D2 program. Not really meaningful, but they've looked really good so far early. And then last night, I watched quite a bit of the Little Rock versus Missouri State game. Neither team really impressed, but Missouri State, 85-77. Also following that, watch the Murray State-Austin P game. And Austin P pulled that out, 74-70. Both teams look really good. That's a little bit of the mid-major wrap over the weekend and the past couple days. And one of the things I, I did want to chat about is, you know, transfers versus high school kids. If you're a mid-major coach, the transfer portal is becoming so much more important. If you want to compete, you know, it's a lot easier for guys at Duke to bring guys in. And, you know, once you have job security as a head coach to bring in those guys and develop them, maybe redshirt them the first year or give them some little bit of minutes as a freshman and uh, as a sophomore and ease them in. But with the way job security is in, in today's world, you want to win immediately. That's why I'm a big fan of the Richie Riley method, who is the head coach at South Alabama, started off at Nichols State. Richie was an assistant at Clemson, UAB, number of places, played his college ball at Eastern Kentucky, and uh, he's from London, Kentucky. Now he's the king of the transfer. Get the guys who've played at two other colleges Already, they're experienced to come in. You don't got to teach them as much. They know the game. They're going to compete. You, you're not going to get the elite five-star recruit, you know, the McDonald's All-American. You're not going to get Jalen Suggs when you're coaching South Alabama, but you can get creative and bring in 22, 23-year-old guys who've played 80, 90 college basketball games already. It's just such an easier process. And so, you know, you, you see, and then then there's other guys. I mean, I spoke to Dusty May, the Florida Atlantic coach over the over the summer, and I'll play some of his clips and some of that audio in one of the upcoming pods shortly. But he's a firm believer in bringing guys in, recruiting them at 18, letting them develop in the program. So it's just something to watch out for. Which teams go for the transfer? Randy Ray, I played his clip last week from Weber State. He's all of a sudden decide you got to get older, got to get older faster. So it's um, a conundrum in, in today's basketball world, but I'm a firm believer in, for me, if let's say I, for God's sakes, give me the Chicago State head job. I would love to have that. And I would go just recruit strictly transfers, go get a bunch of 22-year-old guys that want to play immediately looking for a chance to prove themselves. And so it's the definite better recruiting tactics. So talked a little St. Peter's basketball off the top. Want to go into that a little bit further here. I'm going to play a few clips from Shaheen Holloway. So Shaheen, you know, this guy, Seton Hall legend, late 90s, early 2000s. He's out of Queens, New York. He is in his third season as the head coach of St. Peter's, who I mentioned are playing in the Metro Atlantic Conference. And uh, last year, 2020, 
Coach of the Year in the conference, and he's building something pretty good there right now. I mentioned five and three off the start, and this is a guy that you want to talk about recruiting. How easy is it for him to walk into a young man's living room as a former McDonald's All-American? And I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure he played in the, like the 96 or 97 game, the same McDonald's All-American game that Kobe Bryant played in. And Shaheen was damn good in that game. So I asked him about, is it a lot easier recruiting as a McDonald's All-American? And this is his response, and this is what he told me. You know, with, with, with players, you know, it's, it's never easy because there's just so many things that come into recruiting right now. Um, you know, when they hear that, you know, they get excited, you know, especially to know the McDonald's were looking, know that was in my class. I thought it was one of the best McDonald's class ever. Um, you know, they get excited, but at the same time, you know, they still don't know too much about me or them back, back then because they wasn't, someone wasn't, wasn't probably even born yet. How scary is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, someone wasn't even born yet, but um, you know, it's it's you know, once my because I don't I don't really talk to them about it. You know, my assistant coaches talk to them about it once they recruit them. Like like I said, I try to make it about them. So uh, you know, it's exciting for them to know that they coach play basketball and and and, and, and played it well and at a high level. And that's why I think we get some of the players we get because they know you know for them to get to where they, they want to get. I've been there already, so I can teach them and show them. So another thing about Shaheen, you know, him and I are pretty much the same age and grew up in the same era, and he's from Queens, New York, and I've talked about it in previous pod, you know, I'm a 20-year music agent, I was the booking agent for the Wu-Tang Clan for over a decade, producing concerts for them all across Canada and the United States, as well as a number of guys, you can see some of the tags I got hanging in the back, Royce to 5'9", uh, Rihanna, I booked concerts for the Black Eyed Peas, The Roots, Justin Timberlake, Akon, Flo Rida, I could go on hundreds and hundreds more. I'm a big hip-hop guy, I love my music, and wanted to ask Shaheen about any of the hip-hop guys that he he was into, and that's my favorite era of hip-hop, the 90s, and he, he surprised me, he told me he grew up, he knows Ja Rule, famous Murder, Inc., uh, you know, and, and so this is what he told me about his relationship with, with Ja Rule. You know, it's, it's funny, you know, I was, so my good friends are Ja Rule and Murder, Inc., you know, they grew up in my neighborhood, so we were very good friends, I'm very close with them, um, obviously. I like Nas, he's a, you know, a Queens artist as well. Uh, obviously, everybody loves Biggie, everybody loves Jay-Z. Um, I love Janikis, you know, he, I like I like his lyrics, his lyrics is very good. Um, but I'm old school, I like old school artists. I'm not really in with all these new artists. Um, the new artists right now, I think I like is Meek Mills. I like his music. Anybody else, you really can't understand what, what they're saying. <laughs> no, 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 no disrespect to the, the new school artists, but a lot of them are saying things and rapping and going quick. I really can't understand about this going on. I like, I like, I like old school artists. And then lastly, of course, always want to ask about some of the new players St. Peter's has coming in. Um, he goes, you know, Shaheen's. I, I did ask him about the transfer situation. Like he's, you know, he's bit of both. He'll get the transfer guys or bring the young guys in, and told me a little bit about some of the new recruits he's got. Ahead at St. Peter's. Yeah, we got a, you know, we got a couple guys signed. You know, we got a couple kids signed. We got a kid from St. Pat's, uh, Zari Netto, who signed, who I think is a high major player, high major athlete, uh, come from a great school, the Patrick School. I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward for him to do some great things for us. We got Marty Severe, who signed, who's a guard out of science, one of the best, one of the best high schools in the country. Um, he's a combo guard who's I'm excited about. And we got a couple other guys that. You know, we 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 looking at right now that I gotta try to fill a couple of you know I gotta fill the pieces to the puzzle in. But um, 
Losing Allen was big. Also, losing Major was big. You know, Major Majority was a Kevin One sophomore who was coming to his own. You know, he started, he started the last 14 games for us, and we won the last 12 out of 14 games. Um, you know, him transferring, I thought, you know, it's going to hurt us a little bit because he gave us a pressure down low on defense. So there's Shaheen Holloway, head coach St. Peter's. That's a team to keep an eye on as the season progresses. Watch out for them. He's he's building something pretty cool there. And you know, we chat a little music. I, I have a music section on the website. I urge you to go check it out. Obviously, there's a ton of basketball content on there, articles and interviews and whatever. But I always play, I always like to post just a song I like. One of the forgotten classics that I posted this week was a group called the Nappy Roots. We just talked about Kentucky and Richie Riley, and that's a group from Kentucky. So their sort of sound and style is a heck of a lot different than the Wu-Tang Clan and Royce the Five Nine from Detroit and whoever the hell else, Nas and whoever Shaheen was talking about. But um, that's a group to go check out. They had some pretty big run of success in the early 2000s. There was a point in time where you couldn't turn on BET and like 106 and Park and not see the nappy roots. So that's my music pick of the week. I got a whole bunch of podcast suggestions, a um, bunch of different book ex- excerpts, stories on some of the music things I've been involved. I you know wrote and produced a documentary called The Evolution of Drum and Bass in Toronto. See some of that clips and as well some excerpts from my book. It's called Life on the Road with the Wu-Tang Clan. It is about my... 12, 13 years plus as the booking agent and tour manager for various members of the Wu-Tang Clan. You can find that on Amazon or any other of the big book chains, whatever, on online. So there's my plug. Um, and I, I post the odd books excerpt and stuff on that about some of the music I, I do post. But one thing I, I am going to start posting, especially here on the pod, as we progress gambling, my picks of the week. So here's a couple picks during the week. These games won't last until the weekend. I'll do the other pod on Friday, and I'll put a couple picks for the weekend games. But as far as some college basketball action to get down this week, here's a couple games that I like. So tomorrow, Georgia Tech is getting two points. They're plus two versus UAB. Now, UAB's on a pretty good run this year, but... One of their better players, Quan Jackson, just hurt his knee. I believe it's an MCL injury, so he's going to be out for pretty uh, pretty good period of time. And this is a guy that's a 12 points per game guy for the Blazers, and he's out. Georgia Tech started off rough with a couple losses to Mercer and Georgia State, but they've really settled down. B. Kentucky had a couple good wins, and they've looked really good since. So I think Georgia Tech beats UAB, take Georgia Tech and the plus two. Another game from the weekend, or sorry, from Wednesday that's coming up, Western Illinois plus 15 versus DePaul. Now, DePaul has yet to play a game this season. They keep getting pushed back and delayed and delayed. And so I think, you know, you're going to see a little rust out of them, especially in the early going. A lot of missed shots in the first half. I think guys are going to be anxious. They're going to be shocked that they're on the floor because, you know, their season's been delayed so many times for them. And I think that'll come into effect mentally. In Western Illinois, they're two and four on the season. They've been out there. That you know they played Iowa. I mean, they got beat by Iowa. That was the only game they were competitive in it. But um, a couple wins under their belt and a couple losses. I think they lost to Ball State. Some of the MAC teams, but it's a pretty decent team. They're tough. They're competitive. Now DePaul, I think, definitely going to win the game. But Western Illinois, I think they keep it a little closer. Take Western Illinois and the points plus 15. And then finally, BYU minus 14 over Weaver State. Weaver State's pretty good. Three and two. I like what they're doing right now. But the way BYU's rolling, BYU just steamrolled over San Diego State. So I think the 14, it's tough. If any of you have betting accounts that you can tease that point line down just a little, a point or two. 
do so. But either way, I still think BYU comfortably by about 20, 21 points beats Weber State. So there's my three picks of the week. Write it down. I'm going to track them, and then hopefully we can uh, get some momentum with this. And finally, I just wanted to to chat about some of the guys. I wrote an article about this on undraftedfreeagent.com that are putting up pretty big stat lines throughout the first five games, uh, or at least five games of the season. So wanted to highlight a couple of them. I, I put this article. So here's who you need to know. Guys putting up some pretty big numbers from the mid-majors who've played a minimum of five games. So Devontae Jones from Coastal Carolina. He's a 6'1 junior guard from New Orleans. So for players that have played at least five games, Jones is number two in the nation in scoring with 23.5 points per game, only behind Iowa's Aluka Garza. And actually, I think he's dropped down to number three. Marcus Carr jumped ahead of him from Minnesota. He's held Coastal Carolina to a 6-1 record so far. So Jones last year named second team all Sun Belt in 2019-20. And he was the Sun Belt Freshman of the Year in 2018. So this guy also second for steals in the NCAA right now with 3.86 steals per game. So Devontae Jones, Coastal Carolina, that's a guy to watch out for right now. Putting up some pretty big numbers. Another guy, Canadian guy, always show love to that. So Fardaz Amick, and I know I'm probably saying his name wrong, but from Utah Valley. Valley. He's a 6'11 sophomore center from Vancouver, BC. So this guy's averaging 14.5 rebounds per game through his first six games for Utah Valley. Sat out last year as a transfer from Mercer, where he played in 29 games for the Bears in 2018-19 and making a pretty big impact for Utah Valley right now. So watch out for Fardaz Amick. Another guy to keep an eye on is putting up some pretty big numbers from Winthrop. This is the one dude I know I told you wasn't blown away significantly by, by Winthrop, but Chandler Vaudrin, he's a 6'7 senior guard from Uniontown, Ohio. So he leads all players in the NCAA who've played at least five games with assists in 9.4 assists per game. That's pretty impressive, man, getting the ball around, getting his teammates involved. And Winthrop 5-0 right now. And Vaudrin's also chipped in with 11.4 points per game. This guy was named All-Big South second team last year. And he transferred from D2 Walsh University. So put up some pretty big numbers at Walsh and then made the jump to D1. So always support guys who do that. Love that from Chandler Vaudrin. Another they got to look out for Marion Jackson on Toledo. He's a 6'1 senior point guard from Cleveland. This guy right now is a perfect 36 for 36 in free throws, which leads the entire NCAA. So we're talking Steve Nash-esque free throw numbers. And I love that. You get to the line. This guy's, this guy's making it happen. Don't miss. So love what I'm seeing from Marion Jackson. Toledo off to a 6-3 and three start. And Jackson last year named second team All-Mac. He's also averaging 16.6 points per game so far this season for the Rockets. So watch out for Marion Jackson, man. This dude can play. Another guy that I know you all know can play, Jacob Gilliard on Richmond, the 5'9 senior guard from Kansas City. So he leads the NCAA in steals per game with 4.43. He's helped Richmond to an impressive 6-1 record. He's also chipped in with 12 points a game. And, of course, last year, Gilliard, the A-10 Conference Defensive Player of the Year, and was a first-team all-conference as well. So this guy just – and I watched that entire Richmond game against Kentucky. Gilliard's defense was causing nightmares for these youngsters, these you know five-star Kentucky guys. They've never seen guys who play that relentless defense. You just don't get that in high school. And Gilliard, just a grown man, this guy, you know, 22, 23-year-old guy, and uh, just schooled the Wildcats. And so you can see this guy's sneaky, man. Almost five steals a game. 
Finally, talked about him earlier. Charles Bassey, Western Kentucky, 6'11", junior. He's a center from Lagos, Nigeria. He's averaging almost four blocks per game, which is the most for anyone with five games or more. He's also top 10 in the NCAA with 11.4 rebounds per game, along with 18 points. This guy's an NBA pick. Set it off the top. Watch room. If you haven't seen Charles Bassey, you got to do it. This guy's, this guy's a beast. So thanks for joining me. Of course, click subscribe. Whether you're listening to us on Spotify, Amazon, Google, whatever, iTunes, click subscribe. Give me a rating. Help me get uh, help the podcast move up the food chain. Also, check out undraftedfreeagent.com for all the latest news and information. Mostly mid-major. Talk a little Canadians. And I will put some major conference teams. If, if I see a player or a team that inspires me, I'm not handcuffed to only talk a mid-major. That's, we do that on the pod for the most part. But the website, a little bit more all-encompassing. So, of course, check that out. Drop me a line on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. And, of course, keep on listening. The beating of my heart.